Hey, everybody, it's Mark. Welcome or welcome back to the New Spring Church podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free New Spring app where you can access all of our recent message content. Actually, the app is the easiest way to share all this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around here at New Spring. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Last January, I was taking Debbie to Iowa. Uh, her dad was failing in health. He had dementia, and we had him in a care home, and they knew it was getting pretty close. And uh, so on the weekend sometimes, as soon as this service would let out, we would jump in the car, and I would drive Debbie up there. It's not like Debbie couldn't drive herself, but I don't like... Debbie driving by herself. Uh, she's a good driver and she knows how to get there, but I just don't like Debbie driving by herself. And so I would drive her up there and just drop her off and then turn around and come right back. And it was that time in January where it was going to be the final goodbye to her dad, probably, that she was going. So when I drive back, most of the time I don't turn on the radio or anything. I just like the peace and quiet talk to the Lord about things, you know, think about new projects, issues that might be going on that I need to deal with when I get back to work. But this particular time, I was thinking about what am I going to speak on today? Even though it was January and there was snow on the ground and it was ice cold, what am I going to talk about when it's hot and humid outside in August? And uh, so I got my phone out and I started to play uh, songs and I was thinking, about this this weekend. And the song that you just heard came up by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. I am amazed that Jesus loves me. You see, there's many important things we teach your kids and grandkids here at New Spring Church. Many important things. But the one thing we try to drive home is that we serve a God that is amazing. And he deserves our praise and our worship. Amazement is defined as a strong feeling of astonishment or wonder, and there's some things in life that still amaze me. Uh, one is uh, my wife. Uh, we've been married 38 years, and uh, her love for me, her respect for me, her s support for me, uh, it truly amazes me. Every time I love when she comes into the room, uh, it just takes my breath away every time. In fact, I was uh, back uh, in the green room. My voice is not as strong as it should be, and uh, so I had a vaporizer back there and stuff, and she came up and brought me something hot to drink, and I love when she walks in the room. I'm still amazed every time I look at my kids and grandkids and realize how God is using them. I'm amazed at the miracle of birth, seeing all my five kids born and 16 grandkids. It never gets old. I'm amazed by God's creation. I'm, when we go on trips, Debbie and I like to take little hikes, and it leads through beautiful hills and streams, and it always takes me back to the sheer beauty of them. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, I went as a junior high, but also I, a few years back, I was able to take Debbie for the first time. And you walk out to one of those points, and you look out at the Grand Canyon, and you think, wow, it made me dizzy. It's so magnificent. It made me dizzy. Or 
maybe uh, you're in the valley. I lived in uh, Montrose, Colorado, and our, my dad was a Baptist minister, and our, the parsonage for the church was actually on a corner lot, and across the street was a golf course, and behind the golf course was the San Juan mountain range, and so our bay window faced that mountain range. And I remember my mom continued to walk through the living room, and she would just stop and look, you know, because in the morning they look different from the evening, the afternoon, or it'd be raining up there or snowing or the fall leaves. And just being amazed by God's creation. Or how about the Kansas sunsets? Aren't those awesome? You know, I tease people when, I, when sometimes I have to interview for people that want to come on staff. And one of the things I say right at the beginning, and I say it, you know, jokingly to them, hey, if you come to Kansas, we're 47th or 48th in tourism. <laughs> you know, we got the big ball of twine and the five-legged calf and the hundred-foot gerbil or whatever that is out on I-70. Uh, but we are in the top 10 in the world for sunsets. According to the HPPR uh, website, Kansas was rated in the top 10 in the most beautiful sunsets. No other state in the union was listed. Every place else was in foreign countries. You're welcome, Kansas. <laughs> Thank the Lord for those. He's the one that delivers those things up. One of my favorite memories as a dad is laying on the trampoline in our backyard with my five kids and just staring up at the stars and the sky and the moon and just talking about God's creation and how he has a plan for all their lives. And just to go outside without our cell phones or anything and just listen to nature. Once in a while, Debbie and I are fortunate to go to Florida or we've been to Hawaii and to stand on the ocean and just look at the vastness of the ocean how does God keep all that water from just taking over? He calls the tide in. He tells the tide to go out. As incredible as all those things are, the thing that really amazes me is God's love for us. It's so important for us to understand, but vital that we pass that amazement on to our kids and grandkids in the next generation. I read from Titus chapter three, but let's take a look at Titus chapter three because the first thing that we're gonna talk about is amazed by God's love. You just heard the choir sing that. We can all be hard to love at times. I'm thankful for parents and children and grandkids and a spouse and church members and staff who possess unconditional love for me. It is overwhelming how your family knows so much about you, but they love you anyway, amen? Well, God knows you more than your family does. He knows your actions, your thoughts. He knows what you've done. He knows what you're going to do. And knowing all this, he loves you anyway. And that, my friend, is amazing. In verse three, Paul paints a picture of the old man or the person before Christ. He says, we were foolish, disobedient, misled, enslaved by all kinds of lust and pleasures. Our lives were filled with evil and envy, being hated and hating one another. I don't know about you, but to me, that describes someone is hard to love. But notice what Paul says in verse four. But when God... When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. This means in spite of once what we were or who we still are, God chose to love us. 
I'm amazed at God's love. But not only that, number two, I'm amazed, amazed at God's salvation. In verse five, he saved us. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. The old person is described in verse three as having a great debt of sin, but God sent Jesus to pay that sin debt in order to save us. We are destined for hell, and Jesus came and made a way of escape for us. If you look at the cross, then you will see much reason to be amazed at salvation. You just heard the choir sing. (laughs) What a beautiful song. But part of that verse that Austin sang Then one day, someone told me about your mercy. Aren't you glad for people that shared their faith with you? And the love you showed on a hill called Calvary. There you died and purchased my redemption when you broke sin's power and set my spirit free. I'm amazed that you loved me. I'm amazed that you cared. Through your precious blood, I found pardon and my sins are washed away. Here's my question, uh, one of the questions for today. Have you ever been with someone that accepted Jesus Christ into their life right in front of you? Have you ever shared your faith and had the opportunity to tell someone what Christ did in your life and then you had the opportunity to share what the Bible says and offer God's gift to them? I have, and, and, and you know, there's been many, many, but the one that's most precious to me is my wife, Debbie. I met Debbie back in 1984, and I was in Sioux City, Iowa on a Christian radio station uh, being a DJ. She was going to school her final year of uh, college, and she's about ready to leave to go to Oregon, I believe, to be an optometrist. She's a smart lady. But she worked at a pizza place called Pizza Unlimited. It's kind of like Papa Murphy's now where you, they make the pizza and you go home and bake it. And I played for a softball league at my church. And so on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would go and visit this little pizza place. And one time I went in there, there was this pretty college girl uh, with a red ball cap on and a name tag that said Deb W. And I said, wow, I need to order some pizza. And I did. Uh, and in fact, every Tuesday and Thursday after ball, uh, ball uh, practice, I would go and order a pizza from Deb W. I kept that place afloat because as soon as I stopped buying pizza, they closed. <laughs> but I wanted to date her, but I knew I didn't want to date her if she wasn't a Christian. And if you're here today and you're young and you're out in the dating scene, if you're dating people that aren't a follower of Jesus Christ, don't go there. Amen. Be their friend, bring them to church, but don't cross that line. It's not worth it. Your life is so much harder. Everybody thinks they can turn somebody after they marry them. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll convince my mother-in-law, you know, uh, it just doesn't, just doesn't work that way usually. But... I didn't want to take her on an official date, so I said, hey, uh, my college and career group at the time is going to Kansas City to Worlds of Fun. We're taking a bus, and would you like to go with me? And she said, yes, I would love to go with you. And so it was planned. And that Saturday came, and I was ready to pick her up, and she called, and she said, hey, the boss just rolled in, and I have to work today. I can't go. I was devastated. She was devastated, and I didn't go as well. So later on that day, I thought, well, I'll just swing by and say hello to her and order another pizza. Why not? And, uh, and I walked in 
And her boss was there and said, hey, Deb, you don't need to work today. You can go ahead and go. Well, the bus had already left. And uh, so I thought, well, we could go on an unofficial date. So I said, hey, would you like to go you know, to dinner? Uh, there's you know, a few things I need to talk to you about. And guys, pay attention here. I took her to a pizza place for dinner. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but that is a true story. Um, so we drove around some, you know, Sioux City is about a town of 80,000. There's not a lot of uh, visual things to see, but the Missouri River cuts through it and Iowa's on one side and Nebraska's on the other. And so I went down towards the river and there was a place that you could uh, park, uh, there was a big park there and, and we could park and look at the river. And I knew I had to ask her the question before, you know, anything would go farther. Debbie, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And we started talking about that. Now, she grew up in a Baptist church. She knew uh, the song, what, we, what a friend we have in Jesus, and tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, and just as I am, she played the piano for her church. But she was honest with me and said, I don't think I'm a follower of Jesus. And so we talked, and I got to the point of, do you wanna accept Jesus Christ into your life? And she said, well, the thing about it is, I'm supposed to be going to Oregon to be an optometrist, and I don't know if I'm willing to do anything God has asked me to do if I choose his free gift. I don't know if I could say yes to everything. Great question. And so she said, I want to think about it. I said, absolutely. And so she, I didn't expect this, but she got out of the car and she walked to the edge of the Missouri River out in front of my headlights of my car and just stood there for about 45 minutes. And all of a sudden she came back, she opened the car door, sat down. I'll never forget the look on her face. And she said, okay. I'm ready to accept Christ into my life and I'll do anything he asked of me. And I got to lead my wife to the Lord, which was now 30, 40 years ago. And uh, best decision she made, and best decision I made. We got married a year later. But God's salvation is amazing. It is amazing. And to see Debbie's transformation from dark to light. And if you ever get to know Debbie, you need to get to know her. She is the most spiritual woman I know. Her prayer life and what she does uh, to pray for our family and how early she gets up in the morning to make sure she prays for our family. I mean, she is a very godly woman. And as we talked, you know, after, right after she accepted Christ, I said, now, Debbie, the first thing you have to do, if you're willing to do anything God's called you to do, the first thing you need to do is get baptized. And so 30 days later in the church we were attending, she got baptized because I knew she couldn't do anything else God told her to do if she doesn't do the first thing God asked of her, get baptized and go public with your faith. And if you're here today and you've been saved and you haven't taken that step of faith and go public with your faith, you need to do that. Stop horsing around. God's really can't use you and do the first thing he's required is get baptized. Tell the world that you're not ashamed of me. And that's what she did. The third thing, I'm amazed by God's son. Verse six says, he generously, generously poured out the spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our savior. The name of Jesus is amazing. It's not a swear, swear word, ladies and gentlemen. And if you allow your kids to use Jesus or God as a swear word, you need to stop it. 
if you do that, you're taking the holiest name and degrading it. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter four, verse 12, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Jesus left the glories of heaven to come to this earth and became the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Everything about Jesus is amazing. As a body of believers, we need to make sure the next generation knows how amazing Jesus is. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life taught with authority, healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, made the blind to see, caused the deaf to hear, made the lame to walk, cast out demons, raised people from the dead, laid down his life, rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, sat down on the right hand of the Father. He provides atonement for our sins. He's making intercession on our behalf. He has forgiven our sins, saved our souls from hell, changed our lives, and provide eternal life. He has gone to prepare a place for us. He has defeated sin, Satan, death, hell, and the grave. And one day he's going to call his children home. That is just a few reasons why we should be amazed by God's son. And if you are here and you've never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I hope you will understand that he came and made a way for you to experience God's love, mercy, and grace and salvation. Stop basing your eternity on what you can do because it'll never be enough Put your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus and what he has already done for you. All right, I'm smiling. My wife tells me I never smile when I talk, and I'm smiling like crazy on the inside. So I'm saying, but I, I need to lean in a little bit right here. But for those of you that have been saved, that you have accepted God's free gift in your life, and you know when your eyes close in death on this earth, you're 100% sure you will wake up in the glories of heaven. I'm talking to you. For those that are doubting that, we're gonna talk about that at the end because I wanna give you that opportunity to know for sure about that. But for those of you that you know that you're saved, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, here's my question. Are you still amazed by Jesus? Because at the beginning of the message, I talked about some things that still amaze me. And whenever I see them, they do amaze me. But there's some things that once excited or amazed me that just don't have the same effect any longer. One of the things, there's many, is HD television. <laughs> I remember going into a big box retailer and seeing a 70-inch TV for the very first time. I thought, wow. I mean, it was like $7,000, you know. And I thought, that'd be cool to own one of those. And, you know, a few years later, when the prices came way down, my five kids got together along with my lovely wife, and they bought me one for my birthday. But, you know, now I have three of them in my house. They hardly get turned on. I'm not amazed by them anymore. I walk by, see the picture. I mean, in our campus, we have about 57 televisions. I don't see anybody taking a picture of them saying, wow, I can't wait to share this to Facebook. <laughs> Just common. Or how about that new truck? You know, guys, we want to buy a new Chevy, Ford, Ram, and we go buy it, and they're expensive, and every week you wash it. I go by and wash my truck, you know, and I see guys out there with the rag, wiping the rims off, cleaning the antenna off the bugs. But then nine months to a year later, 18 months later, they'll say, well, the rain will wash it off. 
And they're expensive, you know? I tease people, uh, they're so expensive now, you almost have to put a mailbox on your hood and get an FHA loan, make it your house, so you can afford them. But all of a sudden, the thrill is gone. Sometimes the things that, we once, that once amazed us comes commonplace. And it isn't long before the thrill is gone, and friend, I'm here to tell you today, there are some things that still should amaze us, and nothing more than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we need to help instill that passion for Jesus in our kids and our grandkids' lives. I'm smiling again, by the way. (laughs) Here we go, parents, grandparents. We do our children a disservice when we don't have Jesus as a priority on our family calendar. Let me say that again. We do our children a disservice when we don't have Jesus as a priority in our family calendar. When church becomes optional to us as an adult, it will become unnecessary to our kids and grandkids. Unfortunately, when you look around the condition of the church around the United States, it seems that many professing Christians have simply gotten over Jesus. When you look at their lives, when you examine their actions and their reactions and their priorities, it seems like the thrill is gone. If you are still amazed by Jesus, it will be apparent in your life by what you think, say, and do. It'll be apparent in your calendar, attending church, your attitudes, your actions, how you use your wealth, telling others about what Jesus did for you. You realize that 55% of Christians say they haven't shared Jesus with anyone in the last six months. Our scripture passage in verse eight out of the Titus chapter three, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. So let me ask you this question as we kind of wrap up. Why should we, why should I care, why should you care about the people coming to New Spring Church? Well, there's more than four, but I'm gonna narrow it down to four. Number one, the Bible encourages us and commands us to serve. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you, each of you, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Every Christian needs a place of service. Service is a part of a Christian's DNA. Service is a part of every Christian's DNA. If you're saying you don't have time to serve and you don't care to serve and you don't have the urge to serve and you don't wanna be bothered by serving, I would make sure you go check what your relationship with Jesus is because service is what Jesus is all about because he came to serve. We are stewards and managers of God's gift. When we use our gift, we are a reflection of God's grace. 84% of people, adults in churches were polled. There was thousands and thousands of them, but 84% of them said, our church talks regularly about adults serving. 84% of the people said that. But only 30% of those people actually served within a year, uh, the past year in that church. Number two, you will have an impact. Those of you that serve kids and students are choosing to invest in others during their most impressionable years, planting seeds for Jesus. You can be, you can, can be a tangible expression of God's love to kids and students. All of us, don't we, need grace? 
Those who serve family ministry are helping kids and students to encounter God's grace. According to, listen to this, according to the International Bible Society, 83% of all new Christians around the world will be the age four, four to 14. Four to 14, 83% of new believers around the world will be that age. There are two billion children under the age of 14 in our world. Two billion. If you want to get closer to home in the state of Kansas, there's over 720 kids, uh, 720,000 kids uh, in the state of Kansas under the age of 14. What a mission field. And we would want, like to impact every single one of them. Mark has a saying that he loves to say around here, and I love it as well, those who want them, get them. And it simply is, can God trust you with his most precious gift, people? Are you willing to engage them, love on them? Because if you are, he's gonna give them to you. And that's what we're finding out here at New Spring Church. That's why our role as a family ministry is to amaze a child's mind to imagine God and to inspire a child's will to follow God and to move a child's life to serve God. Now I wanna show you a picture. This is back in 2006, and uh, this is where we had Children's Church. I think we did a one on Wednesday night, but this is, uh, this is the stage there. And then this is how it looks today. Yeah, wow, yeah. That's what we want our kids to say when they come into our environments, wow. They are expecting me. They want to engage me. We have no problem having fun in church with your kids and grandkids because kids learn way better when they're having fun. And it's all right to have fun in church. And we'll continue to have fun in church, but we also teach about Jesus Christ because we know that'll change those kids' lives. And here are just some a few notes. We asked some kids, hey, tell us what you think of some of your leaders in the areas that you serve, that you get experience. And here's what they said. The volunteers are always willing to listen when you're in need to talk, and they're always kind and caring. Whenever you see them, they're always full of joy and love. Another one, I love my small group leader because she's funny, joyful, and understands me very well. She always has a smile on her face and puts a smile on our face. The leaders are so fun. They always make me smile. They teach me about God to make my faith and relationship better with God. Back when we started this in 2006, coming up in September Labor Day, it'll be 17 years since we opened Kids World. Back when we started, we had about 125 kids. In a few minutes, I'm gonna tell you how many kids we have now that come to New Spring Church. But there, I used to go back to the check-in area, and if somebody needed a tour guide to go into the environments, I would go with them. And this particular Sunday, it was, it was uh, uh, granddad and grandma and their married son and his wife and two kids. Took them to 252. I said, hey, you'll drop them off here. Here's the security sticker. When you get done with church, just come back in here. You'll pick them up, and you'll be set to go. So I, I, service happened, I ran down to where the checkout door was because I wanted to meet these two boys and their parents again because I loved, with new kids, I loved going up to them in front of their parents and say, hey, did you have fun today? Oh yeah, we had a blast. And now the parents are saying, fun? I want my kids to know about Jesus, you know? And then I'll say, what did you learn today? Oh, I learned I need to make wise choices. I learned that Jesus died for me. I learned that God is amazing, that he created me special. So we had that conversation. We stepped out in the hallway, and now I'm just talking to the granddad and the dad. 
And he's, they're saying very, some very nice things about Mark's sermon and the worship and all that stuff. And uh, the son kind of got somber and looked at me and he looked at his dad and he said, Dad, you know, if church was like this when I was a kid, I never would have left. And the kid got a little emotional and walked away and his dad said, yeah, when he got into mid-high school, church was just boring to him. And he said, to be honest, it was boring. We had to force him to go. They didn't care about really kids, you know. And uh, he, he got out and he started using drugs. And for 10 years, he was a drug addict. And he's been clean now for six months. But that's why we engage kids. We engage them because we wanna tell them the truth about God's love. Number three, you'll be most like Jesus. Jesus cares for people. Jesus came to serve and we're most like him when we serve others with humility and love. In Mark 10, 45, it says, for even the son of man came not to serve, but to serve others and gave his life as a ransom for many. And number four, you will feel connected. In this Lifeway research, they kind of came up with this bottom line for this big survey they took of thousands of people across the United States and churches. And here's what they said, and I'm gonna just quote it exactly what they wrote. It is serving more than any other factor that determines whether someone feels they are fully engaged with the life of the church. That's why around here we have what we call kind of worship one, serve one. We want everybody to worship in a service like this. We don't want anybody to miss out. But we also want everyone to serve. And that's why we have two services on Sunday and two services on Saturday. So you can worship in a service and serve in a service. And it's a great way for the family of God to make sure there's enough labors for the harvest that we have. Another great way to get connected, not only is by serving, but also to be part of a small group. And uh, let me highly recommend that as well. Well, I have some numbers for you as we wrap up. Since January of this year, January through July, just from birth through fifth grade, from January through July, we have 1,600 first-time guests into our ministry for the very first time, 1,600, yeah. Now, buckle your seatbelts, because this is the one that kind of puts fear into our executive pastor. <laughs> if all the children that have come January through July, individual kids, if they all showed up this weekend, all together, we'd have 5,300 kids into our ministry. That would be equal to filling up this room over three times with just kids. Headcounts in 2021, we had a total of 37,405 kids. In 2022, we had 46,425 kids. And now in 2023, January through July, we've had 50,369 into our kids' ministry. Yeah. There is a great harvest here at New Spring Church. Family. Family. There's a great harvest. I'm going to tell you what the numbers are for everybody, not just children's ministry. I went to every ministry, I think, that's on campus and asked, what is it that you need to maintain what we have now coming? 
and with a, like a five or 10% growth. And I'm gonna go through these numbers very quickly. What I'm asking you to do is st start whispering a prayer to God. God, use me. God, use me. How do you wanna use me? Use me. There's a harvest. In Baby Bay, they need 19 adults. Adventure Avenue, 12. 252 Theater, 16. Studio 45, seven. Wire, which is our junior high ministry, 20. Thrive, our high school ministry, eight. Guest services, anywhere 25 to 30 people. This is the cool thing. Guest services, they do an amazing job. But here's the thing, there's more to do because we really would love, Pastor Mark and Billy and myself, we're super excited about this. We'd want to start a parking lot ministry. So we want to start greeting people as they're coming in and waving at them and smile, you know? And if they're first time guests, have a parking space for them. But we need men and women to do that. So here's the thing. It's going to be hot out there in July, and it's going to be freezing cold in January. But if that's you, this is your cup of tea right there, guest services. Coffee shop, they need five men with biceps like me. Okay? Those blenders get heavy, and they have to shake them, and they're looking for five guys to say, you know, I'll make a cup of coffee or a frozen treat for guests coming in our doors. God might be calling me to do that. And they can use four temporary people just to come in to help with the vacation. People go on vacation, they kind of need to fill in there. Production, whether you want to run a camera in here or one of our environments, sound, lighting, techs. Choir, we like to have additional 25 choir members. When we do concerts in the park, we'd like to have somewhere between 85 and 100 people do the choir. Prayer ministry. They could use 12 people. These are people that currently right now are in a separate room and they're listening to the message and they're praying for you. They're praying for me that I don't mess it up too bad. And they're praying for you that God's Holy Spirit will work into your life. And so if you'd like to just pray for Pastor Mark as he speaks one hour, sign up for the prayer ministry. New Spring Group Leaders, we need 30 of them. And we have people waiting to be in a small group, but we just need a leader to lead it. And if you have a passion to see people grow in their faith, this is for you. Back in 2006 and seven, it was right after we started, I know we had 252 open and we were using um, the old choir room for one of our environments. But one of my uh, friends, of my dad's, he was a pastor. He had come through Wichita and he wanted to come by and see what we were doing. And he, he came by, he's a tremendous guy, he's now with the Lord. But he wrote me a note because I was telling him about our passion to reach kids. And at that time, I think we had 300 kids in, in Kids World. We grew from about 125 to 300 by the end of the year. And this is the note. I've kept it in my desk. And this is the note he wrote to me. And I want to read it to you. Our prayer is that New Spring Church will become known in Wichita as a place for kids and families and where people can meet Jesus. Amen? When this happens, Dan... Be prepared to grow. Amen? Amen? May God give you the workers, the strength, the creativity to make the impact on the next generation and the future of the church. It is a big task, but you are doing what is close to God's heart, reaching more people for him. God wants to use you to make a difference in the world around you. Are you willing to say yes to him? And if you think God is calling you to help in any of these ministries, I want you to take out your phone and text the word, say yes to 97,000. It'll populate a form and you can pick as many as you want and somebody this week will get in contact with you. But the harvest is great at New Spring Church. 
the harvest is great and we need laborers in the field. And I wanna just pray for you. I wanna pray for you that uh, God will inspire you to reach to the next generation and reach out and help with the harvest here at New Spring Church because it's amazing. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I just pray for these wonderful people in this room that you have created. And I pray that you will help them to see the need of more workers in the field. There's a great harvest. Lord, inspire them to come aboard. Help with the nursery, Venture Avenue, 252, running a camera, opening door, making coffee, singing, whatever you called them to do, allow them to say yes. Let them have a soft heart towards you and say, use me, God, use me, God. While your heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed, we talked about God's amazing love, his amazing salvation, his amazing son. And if you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did for you, God is listening for your call, your prayer. If you just realize that Jesus paid the price for your sins, when he died on the cross, he paid the price for the world's sin debt. But it's an individual thing. Everyone has to do it themselves. I can't do it for you. Pastor Mark can't do it for you. You have to do it yourself. And if you're here and you're struggling through life, you wonder, is there any hope? There is hope, and that hope is found in Jesus Christ. And if you're ready to commit your life to Christ, just like Miss Debbie did along the side of the Missouri River, say, I'm ready, and whatever you called me to do, I will do, Lord. I will follow you. And if you're ready to do that, just pray this simple prayer with me. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died for me. And I believe you paid the price for my sin debt. And three days later, you rose from the grave and now you're seated on the right hand of the Father. And I put my faith and trust in you and what you did. Come into my life, change me from the inside out and let me speak good things about you. Let me tell others about all the things that you have done for me. Let me share my faith with others and put me to work in your field. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. In your name we pray, amen. Now, if you just prayed that with me, you can text PRAY to 97000. We have a box with the Bible, the book that Mark wrote, uh, My New Walk with God. But here's the thing, for those of you that are in this room and you just prayed that prayer with me and you meant it, don't do this. Don't be embarrassed by the decision you just made. Because New Springers, we're excited that people have come to faith, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. Satan is going to come whisper in your ear right now and say, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. And walk out. Don't tell anybody. Just leave. Don't do that. If you came with somebody, tell them. If not, go to guest services. Get one of these boxes and say, hey, I prayed with Dan. I just accepted Christ in my life. And when you get home tonight and you get on your knees on your bedside, thank God again for saving you. And keep doing that. Get in God's word. Read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Come back to New Spring. Get involved in a small group. But whatever you do, don't keep silent about the decision you just made because it will change your life. 
Thank you for being here. Next week, Jonathan will be here on Arcade. God bless you all. Say yes to 97,000. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Wichita, the surrounding area, we'd love for you to engage with us in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our incredible kids and student environments, visit us at newspring.org. One more time, newspring.org.